A tree is known by its fruit. That's what we're going to be talking about today. All right. Let's do it. Sure? Yeah, let's do it. You're going to let them see the countdown? Yeah. All right. Sunday night for us, Monday morning for you guys. It sure is. Man, we had a blessed day today. Good morning, everybody. Today was Jessica and Eduardo's first time singing for worship. Um, and first time Rihanna leading. First time song. Rihanna is leading. I don't know about you guys. I was blessed. But I was very blessed, very impressed. I was so happy. Me too. Happy. Like those penguins, happy feet. Yeah. I was worshiping and praising, and I was just like, I was so blessed. I was, thank you, Lord. Yeah? I was, yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, so um, we had a great service. Um, wow. You know, a lot of new faces actually came. Yeah. And showed up and appreciate yeah, all of, of you. A lot of new beautiful people we got to meet. And um, then we had some great fellowship afterwards. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just got home. It's uh, 10, 19. We've been home about 30 minutes. Yeah, just yeah. about. Yeah, so we had a great time, guys. Um, and uh, I, I really hope you guys were able to see uh, the Sunday service. If not, it's going to show up on the YouTube, which is probably up by the time you're watching this. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, we just... I just want to take a minute to say that we appreciate you guys so much. Yeah, we do. Really, truly do, you know. And and you know what? Mm. I want to wish my beautiful sister, Rena. Yes, Anthony's happy, wife. Happy, happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, happy birthday, sister Happy Rena. birthday. Yeah, I... I didn't wanted... even know it was her birthday. And then I, I guess Anthony had texted me in the middle of my sermon... But I didn't know because obviously my phone's off during and, my preaching. And then the one day that I actually don't go on, I, I usually always go on there and say... Oh, did he good, say it on the comments? I, I, I think so after. Oh. And um, I always go on there and say, good morning, family. And the one day that I don't go on there and say, good yeah. morning, family, I because I was actually busy um, doing some stuff and running around, I didn't get a chance to go on there today. Um, but, you know, I... I was like, man, I found out it was Rena's birthday towards, um, I think around altar call, I think, or something like that. I found oh, I out. look back at my text. I, I think he texted me probably right before I preached. Mm-hmm. I think it was about 1050. Yeah. But there's, I think I was already on the stage. I think you were sharing um, about the, the uh, whatever it is that you shared about. I think around that time is when he texted me. But I mean, I'm not going to... Well, first of all, my phone ringers off, but even if, I wouldn't be looking at my phone while you're giving an announcement. Yeah, it's not like the Bible study, but yeah, happy birthday, beautiful yeah, but... sister. You know, um, I know it was, they, somebody had asked me if I can uh, sing for Rachel, too. It was Rachel's birthday yeah. as well, and I 
totally forgot to sing for Rachel. Rachel, happy birthday to you too, sister. Um, and then Naomi's birthday as well. It was, oh my God, all all these beautiful sisters' birthdays. Um, Her birthday until... I know, on Tuesday. Two more days. And I was like, man, I for them. totally dropped the ball on that one too. And and so, but you know what? Um, I was like, you know what? I really, really want to get together with them because I know Super Bowl is next week and everything. And I'm like, okay, you men are going to be doing some stuff. So I'm hoping that I can get together with some of my sisters and spend some time with them and steal them away next week, which um, would be amazing. So I'm hoping that I can do that. That would be an amazing time for me to just... Mm -hmm. Steal them away. Yeah. Yeah. But um, on another note, happy birthday, sister. I pray that you had an amazing, beautiful, blessed Sunday on your special day. And um, we wish you many, many blessings on your birthday, sis. To you, to Rachel, and upcoming birthday, Naomi. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, this week, um, you know, with you doing a lot of the... Um, just a lot of the stuff we do at the beginning of the year for the church and all that, and yeah. um, I had to renew our our uh, nonprofit status and stated our secretary of state. A lot of our licensing stuff and everything yeah. as well. And um, you know, and I had some questions, and I was able to talk to Pastor uh, uh, Larry, who's the vice president of Grace International. And once again, guys, it reminded me how grateful I am of having a covering. Yes, me too. You know, um, especially in this day and age when, you know, you hear so much. You hear of, of church abuse. You hear of pastoral abuse. You hear so many things. You know, a podcast I was listening to, uh, and I'm just like, where they had no covering. Everything stopped and ended at the pastor. And, and that's very dangerous, especially mm -hmm. when that pastor refused. He straight up refused to submit to anybody else. And I'm just like... What is that, you know? And and just listening to that, and I'm just like, I'm so thankful for Grace International. I truly am, man, because, you know, I was um, looking at some of the paperwork because you had asked me something, and um, I, th I wish I'd, it left my mind again, but I think it started in 1930-something. So I was adding the time. I'm like, that's almost 90 years of ministry, 90 yeah. years of a covering, 90 years. Yeah. And, and that's a huge legacy, you know? Yeah, and, and you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that, too, because I know that um, we were going to seek counsel outside of the covering for a moment. and Not marriage. No, 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 not, <laughs> not marriage counseling, guys, um, for, in regards to some of, the, some of the paperwork that we needed to do. And I looked at David, and I, and I was like, you know, we actually have our covering and everything. Um, what are they there for? You know, that's what they're there for. And, you know, maybe I, we need to go to them. This is what they're there for. They're there for us to be able to, um, you know, to glean off of them. They're there for us to ask any questions, and they're there to guide us. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, you know, can we reach out to our covering? Can we reach out to... Um, you know, the vice president, can we, we reach out to our, you know, our, our um, regional and districts and, and talk to them so that we can learn from them, mm -hmm. so we can learn how they, they do things yeah. and everything. And I think that that was really, really important. And I am so glad that we did, guys, um, because the only way that we're going to learn 
how to do things and everything is if we ask, you know, um, and I'm, I'm really happy that we did because we got some amazing counsel, um, from them and, you know, that's, that's what the covering is there for. Yeah. I mean, why would I not make a phone call to somebody that's in our covering that's yeah. been in ministry over 35 years? Absolutely. Why not? You know what I mean? So yeah, man. They're going to steer us the right Just the that right way. And, and hearing some of the stuff on podcasts. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, man. Yeah. You know, um, I'm just really, I'm glad and I'm grateful, you know. And, and then it shapes who we are and it shapes how we will be, you know, how we will continue to grow ourselves and how, Absolutely. Um, and, and, and how we're going to steer others as well. Exactly. Yeah. You know? um, because it's a domino effect, you know, and, yeah. and I think that we, you know, um, we want to exemplify that as well. And we want to be able to give that same advice to others as well. Yeah. 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 So when we showed, when, when I called Eli up in the beginning of the service and we were showing the pictures on the PowerPoint, they weren't able to see. I completely forgot to have Benjamin load them on OBS. So they were not able to see. Oh, so, yeah. guys, as, as I'm talking right now, um, these are the pictures that he was talking about. Obviously, there's no commentary to it. But I just want to show you some of the pictures of the Philippines and then of Mexico when he just he just got back from there, you know. And these photos, guys, are the ones that we were showing to the congregation. And the last picture is actually a flyer that Sharon made for Eli. Uh, and the reason we're putting that is because it has his website information. You still have that on your phone, right? The one you made? The real nice one. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. I do. So, guys... Um, that is how to get a hold of him or support what it, what it is that he's doing, you know. So um, uh, hopefully you you were able to see those pictures. I apologize for not putting those in the OBS. Ooh, is my bag right there? Or in the live phone? stream. Get that bag because I have a mug in there. This bag? Yes, sir. Get the mug in there. Yes. We were able to purchase our mug from him. And you'll be able to get the mugs from... They're really cool. I like his mug. See? Look at that. I need to help him revamp his website, though. Yeah. It's, he has a website. It's just very simple and straightforward. But maybe yeah. we can make him add some things to his website. Yeah. that's It's a really nice mug, guys, which is really nice because he's selling these, you know, um, to help his ministry, which is, which is really, really beautiful, um, the ministry that he's doing. And... We bought two of them today so that we can, mm -hmm. you know, help support the ministry as well. And you can actually go, you know, through his um, through his side and all of yeah. that. So you guys can, you know, um, see how you can get a mug, you know, through him and stuff. Yeah. But um, he's going to go look. We're going to help him look for a van. Oh, he's been looking, but we told him we'd like to help him on a day because he don't know about some of these places with lots and stuff. And. And even Tomas said he actually messaged his friend at Ford. Yeah. I didn't know he had a friend that's a, a, a salesman at Ford, and he answered back. Yeah. So, I mean, Wonderful. the Lord's going to open the door when the Absolutely. Lord wants to open the door, you know. And um, that's the way God works. God will put people in front of you that uh, a lot of times you don't have access to what you need, but somebody knows somebody. Yeah. You Absolutely. Know? The Lord guides the hearts of kings any which way he pleases, you know. <clears throat> so, anyways, guys. Um, I want something else that I want really, yeah? really, yeah. 
it just left my mind something else that I needed to to bring up it'll come back to me it was important it'll come back to me all right yeah so guys we're gonna um, talk about this passage in the gospel of Matthew and um, it's a powerful passage Matthew chapter 12 um Verse 33 through 37. So it's five verses, and these are the words of Jesus, right? And it's it's titled, obviously in the original Bible, it doesn't have titles, but in my Bible it's titled, A Tree Known by Its Fruit. And in the words of Jesus, it says this. It says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else... Make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, mm, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Amen. Uh, David reads out of the New King James, and I'll be reading out of the message. And in the message it says, If you grow a healthy tree, you'll pick, you'll pick healthy fruit. If you grow a diseased tree you'll pick worm-eaten fruit. The fruit tells you about the tree. You have minds like a snake pit. How do you suppose that you say is worth anything when you are so foul-minded? If your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. Mm. A good person produces good deeds and words season after season. An evil person is a blight on the orchard. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. Wow. So as you can see right here, man, Jesus is not playing. <laughs> this is the words of Jesus. He is not playing. And he, he starts off right away. Where does it start? Yeah, if you grow a healthy tree, you'll pick healthy fruit. You know, I have been in ministry now. 18 years? No, in ministry. Oh, in ministry. Um, it's going to be 11 years. Right when you got out? It's going to be 11 years, or well, a year after I got out. Mm -hmm. And um, it's going to be 11 years. Yeah, because we celebrated 10 years last year, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in, in May. Years. Yeah. yeah. And there's one thing I've learned, man, and, and it's crazy, right? It's so hard because you hear it, you see it out, like, you know, away from you, but it's hard to catch in front of you, and, and it's this. It, some people know how to talk, Christianese. They know how to talk, but if you really look at their life, the fruit is wicked and rotten. And I know some some people, babe, that love God, but maybe they don't know how to talk. 
like that. They don't know how to share. They don't know how to express. But my God, the fruit is plentiful. Yeah. And 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 for some reason, we get so tricked by the by by not by the fruit. We get so tricked by the tree. Big tree. But the roots are no so fruit rotten. with no fruit in the tree. Yeah, because the roots are rotten. Yeah, you know, and, and and I like the way it says you grow a healthy tree, you'll pick healthy fruit. If you grow a diseased tree, you'll pick worm eaten fruit. The fruit tells you about, about the tree. The tree. Yeah. And so many people, including myself, man, I have sometimes fell for the okie doke when I've met brothers. And man, they know how to talk. Man, they know how to minister. Man, they know how to pray. Like, like I don't consider myself a prayer warrior. There are people that pray and you're just like, wow, you're just like eloquent, beautiful words. Like their prayers, they sound like poems. Yeah. But the fruit of their life is rotten. And I trip out on that. Like it confuses me. I'm like, how, how is it possible that you can pray like that? Well, they keep it moving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They keep it moving. They keep it moving to new people every time. So a lot of the times they when you keep it moving, you know, it's it's um new faces and new faces don't always know you, you know. So when you keep it moving. Yeah, I, I just trip out because then I've met some just simple brothers or sisters that love God, man. You know, when and, you and stay they... when you stay long in one place, you allow people to get to know you. Yeah. You know, and when people get to know you, they get to know the real you. Yeah. You allow people to get to know you. Mm -hmm. You know, they get to know all of you. They get to know your life. They get to know your family. They get to know all of you. Yeah. And there's really not much of you to get to find out about you. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Because they know you. Yeah. No, no. I'm sorry. What? No. That's this is this is kind of what why I mentioned Grace International too, though, is because. Don't get me wrong, a pastor can still go bad under Grace International, but I will say this, at least there's a filter or a vetting that happens because you cannot get your license, you, you cannot be, you give your ordination without you, they literally you want you- You can be you, booted. They want you to <laughs> fill out this application. They want you to write literally your testimony. They want to know- like for me, I had to write an essay on my salvation story of what happened. They wanted to know um, my baptism, what happened when I was baptized in, in water. They wanted to know if I had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and what happened in the essay form. Yeah. Then, it, then there was a phone call. Then there was a meeting, you know, with some of the committee and, and so there's a filter, a somewhat of a vetting, at least, right? Because just the craziness that's going on, right? So I, I, I like I like that because it creates a safety barrier, you know? It's it's kind of like how can you imagine if if a, a brain surgeon or a heart surgeon, imagine if they didn't have to go through schooling, didn't have to get licenses, didn't have to get nothing. They're just like, hey, I'm I'm a brain surgeon. <laughs> then you wouldn't know who to go to, yeah. you know? And, and the government and the state creates a criteria that they can't even say that they're surgeons without reaching at least a... Now, it doesn't mean there ain't bad surgeons, but at least it weeds out. You know what I mean? Can you imagine if there was nothing, no criteria? 
And, and so why I say that to say this, right, is a lot of times, guys, I, I get it. People say, I don't need a piece of paper. I don't need this and that. But where is that coming from? Because it could be coming from pride. It could be coming from pride. Yeah, but you could turn it around, too. How about those who just get a piece of paper to do nothing either? Yeah, yeah. You just sit on it. Exactly. You know, it, it, it's either or. You know, there, I've seen doctors who, I've seen people who who go to, I used to know somebody, okay, who got a doctorate, who went through so much schooling because he said, if I keep myself in school for so long and continue to go to school and just continue to go to school and never have to pay back my <laughs> the student loans, student loans, as long yeah. as he's always enrolled in school, yeah, that's he true. will not have to pay student loans. And I'm like, so he kept getting degrees and degrees and degrees. And I'm like, you're getting all these degrees, but you're not putting them to use. And it and it, and it, it made no sense to me. But wasn't that like, just adding to a student loan every time? Yes, or? but it just it just made no sense to me. But he kept getting degrees and degrees and degrees, and I'm just like, and he ended up with a doctorate. He could have been a judge, you know. And I'm like, yeah, this guy was just smart though, but then didn't want to do anything with it, yeah. you know. And it's like you you get to a certain point too, and it's like you know, for what, yeah. you know? I mean, if if you're not going to do anything with it. No, they don't do it up here in Northern California, but I know, I heard in Southern California that every um, food place has a grade. Is that true? Yes. Explain that, because I don't really know. Well, they go in, you have inspectors. One of my friends, actually, Nina, um, she was actually the ones that would go out and grade. She was one of the inspectors. And she would go and grade. It's an A, B, and a C, and you would eat, I think it would have, what was the it? The was probably go? a warning, right? It was really bad, yeah. Um, but they would go out. The food inspectors would go out and, and 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 grade. And once you get to a certain grade, they would actually, after a certain amount of time, they would give you a certain amount of time to rectify it. If you didn't rectify shut it, you down. you'd get shut down. And yeah. people wouldn't. People they would actually made you on make window, you put right? it on the window. Yeah. And people, if once they see that grade on there after for so long, you really don't want to go there anyway. So if you you went, lose business. So if you went to a Chinese food or taqueria and this one had A and this one had C. And you have C for a long time. Where are you going to go? You're going to go to the A, right? You're going to go to the A, but that C is going to lose a lot of business. And after a while, if that C is losing so much business for so long, it's going to eventually shut down, you know, because you're not making any money. Well, I, I imagine a C grade, people would just keep it moving and not yeah. go in. Yeah. So I remember going to L.A. and I remember seeing that and I'm like, why does every place, like everything, they don't everything. They have that out there? No. I never even noticed that. Yeah. No. Everything, guys. It could be a taqueria. Yeah. It could be a, a, a five-star restaurant. They're yeah. all, all of them Everywhere on the door. graded. So the ones that have A's, boom, right in the front door, right? Mm -hmm. Because, and I'm people, just like. People are proud of that. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. that means, can you imagine? That means their their kitchen is immaculate. Yeah. That means under the cupboards there ain't no roaches. Yeah. I mean, there's no rodents. There's, it is a grade A, and I imagine inspectors come in unannounced. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, I, I worked, uh, I worked, I waitressed for 12 years, you know, um, many, many years ago. And, um, man, I'll tell you, you know, Denny's, Denny's is a all-year-round restaurant, 24 hours, yeah. you know. And I'll tell you when we would have to do those, uh, when we would have to do the deep cleaning, 
it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. But that's what you would have to do in order to, to try to keep a, a really good grade. Yeah, yeah. You know, just to try to keep your average A and B grade is to really do deep, deep cleaning. So, you know, kind of in a, in a funny way, sometimes what if churches did that? And not that I say that I'd ever want that implemented, but what would it be like if inspectors would come and say, hmm, did I feel welcome? Did the Holy Spirit move in this place? Is there is there a stirring of the Holy Spirit? Is the Lord, you know what I mean? Can you imagine churches having grades in the oh, front? Can you imagine if Jesus came in? Oh, you know, um, <laughs> that would be very interesting, you know, because, again. That'd be really sad. I feel that yeah. Jesus would be really, I feel like Jesus' heart would be very heartbroken. Well, you know, I, I think that, some would think, oh, it's going to get judged by by how elegant it looks, by how great the sound system sounds, by how, and the Lord's like, uh, no. What's the word being preached? How's the worship? See, the, the thing is about Jesus, he's not looking for Whitney, uh, Whitney Houston. That's a singer, right? Mm-hmm. Whitney Houston voices. He's looking for a heart of worship. Yes. He's looking for people that worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what moves the heart of God. And I believe, I believe, I hope that it's the same thing with preaching. Because I don't have big, eloquent words myself. And I'm just like, Lord, you know, if, if you're judging, if you would judge preaching by, by eloquent words, then man, I, I, I got an F. You know, but I, I truly believe because when I preach, I'm like, like, God, just move. You know, move, Lord God. When, 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 when I preach a sermon, let it be you. Whatever it is that you're whispering in my ear. So my thing is never, is never like, man, I hope the Lord speaks today. My prayers when I preach is, God, let me preach what you're saying in my ear and not mess it up by the time it comes out of my mouth. Yeah. You know? It's like that song I was hearing um, earlier. It's just like, I just want to bless your name. I just want to move your heart and give mm-hmm. you all I have. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, man, th- and then it says, um, 34, brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm. So you're going to speak out what's in your heart. Yeah. You know, and, and that is why a lot of times, um, we have to be careful. You have to be careful. And, and actually, sometimes we got to listen to what we're saying. Because sometimes we we think we're critiquing someone or something. But if you really look at it, you feel a certain type of way in your heart. So you're not really criticizing in a way that's uh, helpful. Yeah, because we got to remember yeah. what comes forth from the mouth is what manifests, you know. Yeah. And, and, and we speak life. It's It's... That's that's what comes forth, you know? Yeah. So a lot of times we got to be really, really careful with that because what we think is a critique, what we think is, is, um, you know, when we share about somebody, for instance, are you sure? Are you sharing? Or are you gossiping? Yeah. What's 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 the heart of it? What's what's the you know, what's the core of this thing, you know? Of, of everything that we talk about, of everything, every one, every church, every ministry, whatever it is, you know, when you mention it, you know, like, like I, I'm truly convinced, man, that unfortunately, I feel 
that there's people even in the Modesto area uh, that feel a certain type of way about us, you know, and, and I just feel it. I, I can't shake it. Sometimes I try, no, why, why? I mean, we're just serving God. I mean, why? But I just feel it. I'm just being real. I'm just yeah. being honest, you know, um, but out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you, Jesus says that at every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. But I think I think that's why it's so important, guys, that whenever whenever you feel something towards somebody or whenever you you want to say something it's always important just to always be open and honest with that person directly um because it never leaves room for anybody to ever come um and and say something or or anything you know if you if you feel something it's always good to just you know share with that person directly you know yeah. you know um yesterday we sat down with a young couple and, um, you know, and, and instead of talking to somebody else about what the, what I felt about, you know, if, or what I felt about this person, if, or if like, you know, oh man, you know, um, there should be accountability with this person or this and that. I said it directly to the person, you know, I said, listen, um, this is really, really important and I need accountability from you. You know, I need a phone call from you or I need this, you know, directly to the person instead of coming and, and complaining to my husband or complaining to somebody else or doing anything like that. It's better to say it to the person, you know, because the moment you say it to somebody else, it almost seems like you're complaining to somebody else about that person, you know, and what that does, it leaves room for the enemy, you know, to make it look like you're talking about somebody. So those things are really, really important um, for you to be very, very direct with somebody. And I think honesty is important. Honesty is important. And, and you wouldn't say something to someone unless you love them, you know. And a lot of the time, I think, you know, um, I think it's important because if I if I if I really, truly feel that somebody's going to come and talk to me about something, it's because they love me, you know, and. I love when, when somebody's going to come and talk to me, you know, not just because I'm a pastor's wife that you can't come and talk to me and be like, you know what, sister Sharon, um, I, can you maybe do this, uh, uh, this way? Because that's not the correct way of doing it, man, come and correct me, please. You know, if I'm not doing something right, please correct me. I can take correction because not everything I do is correct, you know? I, I'm open for correction. I, I, I'm open to learning, you know, I, I love correction because I'm able to, I'm able to take correction. You know, a lot of people think that, you know, you, you can't correct, you can correct with love. We're supposed to be able to, to learn how to be teachable. We're supposed to have a teachable spirit. And if we cannot have a teachable spirit, then we better really check ourselves, honestly, we have to learn to, to check ourselves because we need to have a teachable spirit in everything that we do within our families, within ministry, within the things of God, because if we cannot, then we really got to uh, take it to prayer and really um, um, see what the root, the root cause is really. Yeah. Um, 
I know I read it, but there was something that jumped out at me in this um, translation. Oh, right here. How do you suppose what you say is worth anything when you are so foul-minded? It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. Mm. That is deep. Yeah. I love the way sometimes the Message Bible messes it, but that right there is powerful. Yeah. You know, it's not the dictionary that gives you your, your words meaning. It's the intent of your heart. Yeah. What does your heart put to that? What is your heart saying to that, you know? Everything comes down to heart issues, guys. What's the heart issue of it? You know, and, and you know, like I, I think I was saying in the sermon today, the conversation we had, like, can you imagine if you could, if you had a vision of every single person in front of you? Remember, I said that today. Remember that conversation? Yeah, it wasn't today that we said it. It was um, no, I know. Oh, I said oh, another day that we were. Talking. I said it. In yeah, the sermon. yeah, you did. You did. You know, and, and it's like it's the intent, man, of the, of the heart. Of what it is being said, you know, and, and sometimes we say words that are loaded, you know, and and they can be hurtful, and they can they can, they can break people, you know. Uh, let me see it again. What, there's another. Where's it at? Uh, where are we at here? You know, you know why why he said that, guys. You know, I love being an open book and I, and I, and I'm, oh, I'm going no, to tell you, that was what I wanted to tell. I'm going to tell you guys why, why, um, that came up in a conversation because I remember we were driving and, um, I remember telling David, I said, you know, David, man, I love, I just love doing God's work. And I told you, I love doing ministry. I, I love it. I love it. And then I told him. I said, but sometimes that there has been, you know, some people that have made it very, very hard to do ministry, you know, and it's, and it's sometimes certain people and some people that have made it very hard. And, and I told him that, that in the past, you know, that those people have made it very that it's tired me and that I wish that if it wouldn't have tired me then that I would have, um, that I've put so much of my effort into that time that it made me, I guess it tired me out and that now I feel like I don't have the, the same stamina and the strength to give to the people that deserve all of me now. And, you know, and, and that's where I just kind of feel like, you know, I just feel like that's why it's made ministry harder, you know, now, but I love ministry. And, and I guess, you know, it just put me in that position. And then that's where he just, he gave me that words of wisdom because guys, you know, did that jack you up? Huh? It did. <laughs> you never told me. You know, it really did because I told him, you know, babe, because I, I love ministry. But, you know, it just, it was those moments of, of the tiredness because I just feel like, I feel like the people that came and went, just, just like, it almost like they sucked that life out of me for that moment, you know? And I just kind of felt like, man, I just wish I just 
had that same strength and everything because I came so chipper, so excited, so on, like, woo, you know, just, and they just, I just feel like they just stripped that from me. And now I just feel like the people that are here now and just, I feel like I don't have that same Sharon to give them all of that. And I'm just like, but they deserve that Sharon, you know, and I'm just like, I'm dragging my feet, you know, and I just kind of felt, and then he just, and I'm just like, and he came to me and he gave me that. And I'm just like, really, David, <laughs> you know, I forgot what I said, or, I mean, I forgot in but, what way but it I was, said it, it was in the, in a way that you said it, that just made me think. And it just, but you know what it did to me? It just, it made me, it made me just like, like really just talk to the Lord and be like, Lord, you know what? It just made me be like, okay, Lord, you need to, I need to draw, just continue drawing my strength from you because I need to be that Sharon again, you know, because I can't allow what, what, what I feel that was taken from me. I can't, I can't allow the enemy to, to, to keep making me feel like that can never be me again, you know? Yeah. I think what, what else I'm probably not going to say it exactly the same, but maybe this will speak to somebody um, that's watching this. Is I said something to the effect of this. And I said, I wish the Lord would show you a vision or a dream of every single person that is hard for you to minister to. And if you would just see them, like I said, and then I use that, um, uh, um, uh, what's that Christmas... Um, a Scrooge. The Scrooge story, yeah. whatever. Remember how he has a vision of his past, present, and future? I said, can you imagine if the Lord took you to the past of every person that you struggle with and you were able to see firsthand what it is that broke them? I said, I think you would talk to them different. Something like that. Yeah. And you just kind of stayed quiet. You didn't say nothing. You know, uh, and then and it stayed me quiet because then it made me think of there's people that get on my nerves, you know, <laughs> and it's like, would I be a little different or sympathetic or something if I saw why they were broken in the first place, why they were rebellious, why they were argumentative, why they were, you know, manipulative, why they were argument, you know, just, uh, well, you name it, whatever it is, you know, why? And maybe maybe things would be different at that point. Just yeah. maybe. Remember that story I told you about the bus that Pete had said? Yeah. See, guys, you know, it's, we go through it too, guys, you know? I go through it too, you know? It's, it's um, but I I'm want to be transparent, you know? It's, it's. You know, it's, it's, um, I think it's only fair that, that we be honest with you guys too, you know, and, and, um, and be transparent. We can't always be the happy go lucky people, you know, and everything, but I think it's important because we have to make this relevant, you know, to our lives. And, um, Mm -hmm. I think that this is the only way that, that you, you guys can glean is, um, by us being truthful, but um, it's the truth, yeah. you know? 
with the bus about when he went over there and he says, you know, about being blessed by the bus? Or what? That... No, 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 no. Okay. So my friend Pete, right, he said this story, and I've shared it in sermons, and I've shared it, but in case some of you never heard it, I think there's a perfect way for, for me to end the video as far as what I'm going to say. I'm not sure if you want to add more. But there was a, a, a man on the bus with a child. And, oh, yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. going down on a long, long trip. And the kid was being unruly, being loud, messing with people's stuff. And the dad was just looking out the window. Wouldn't even pay attention. Wouldn't tell his kid to stop. Wouldn't, wouldn't uh, correct or bring discipline to the child. Nothing. The kid was just off the wall, just all over the place. And people are getting mad. They're getting mad, right? So then they stopped for a quick 10 minutes at a, at a, at a little stop so they could eat and use the bathroom or whatnot. And when, the, when they saw the father and the kid go to the bathroom, that was their chance. So the people on the bus told the bus driver, hey, you need to tell that man to, that he can't get back on the bus because he, wh what a horrible father he is. This kid is terrorizing us and all he's doing is looking out the window the whole time. Either he gets off this bus or we get off this bus. And the bus driver didn't know what to say and he's just like, well, okay, I mean, okay, it's just... You know, um, he just buried his wife. That's He's coming back from his wife's funeral. And they're just like, his wife died? And all of a sudden it made sense why he was in the gaze staring out the window. So then they dropped it, and then the man came out of the bathroom with the kid, and they all got back in the bus. So all of a sudden, they're all showing love to this child everybody on the bus the kid was still terror the kid was still messing with stuff but because they understood the backstory they had compassion and they realized this must be a really good father but he's so broken right now because he lost his wife so they all started loving on this child so what changed the kid was still terror. You know what? And, and the man never stopped looking out the window. What changed was the perspective because they now understood what it is that was breaking, what was causing this to happen. So there's somebody in your life that is being a terror to you. Mm. Ask the Lord to reveal to you. And you might not like what you learn and see if the Lord shows you why that person is the way they are. And it doesn't change, it doesn't change them. But I always say, I always say this, maybe it'll change your perspective though. You know, and, and I've I've learned that myself as 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 a pastor, is um if if I don't constantly try to find a different perspective, I would be bitter, I'd be angry, I'd probably be fighting some of my congregation, you know, but I always, I've always, from the beginning, you know, I've always said, Lord, you, you need to show me a 360. And I think I even talked about that at the end of the sermon. Help me to see things through their shoes because I don't understand it from my end. They're getting on my nerves. And a lot of times, like, the Lord shows me and then it gives me compassion. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that's what I wanted to say. I'm not sure if you wanted to no, say yeah, anything that, more. No, yeah, that's good, you know. And I think it's, um, I think it's, I think it was really, really good that that you shared that with me, you know. You know, I, I've always, I have always been a very, um, I'm not, 
I'm not a confrontational person either. I know you've always said that you're never a confrontational person. I've never been. I don't a, like it. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't like it either. I'm I'm always a person who, you know, I'm not a confrontational person either. I think I'm more I'm a very I'm a person who likes to reason and I like to um you know, I love and I walk away from from issues and stuff like that, but I I definitely I like to kind of um reason and kind of find peace in things, you know, and, and everything, but I'm, I'm not afraid to speak up, yeah. um, and stuff like that. That's for sure. But I, I don't argue. I'm not argumentative or anything like that. I like things to be peaceful. Um, you know, and I, I've, I've learned, you know, um, I don't lose from ever apologizing for something I've never done. I'm the type of person that would, um, you know, learn to love somebody through even their hardships and their wrongs and everything. And I'll love them through it regardless, you know, and, and that's always been my heart, but I've learned throughout this year, I've learned throughout the last few years and I've grown so much, um, that I was really, really, really grateful when you when you shared that with me because it, it did. And it's not that it messed me up. It didn't mess me up. Made you but think. It, it did make me think. It made me think because the one thing that I've never stopped doing is I've. It's not ministry that I love. What I love is doing God's work. You know, um, I just. I never get tired of doing his work. I, 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 I just love doing his work. Um, and I love his people. That's what it is. Yeah. I love his people and I love doing his work for his people. And, and I'm always going to, I think that's what makes me happy. And, um, as long as I'm doing it, you know, I'm, I'm always, I think that's, that's what gives me life and that's what I, what I love to do. And, um, I realize that, that I'm going to be dealing with every walk of life, you know, and everything, but I had never just put it into that perspective. Yeah. You know, I had not, not stopped to think of it that way. So I'm glad that when you pointed that out, I really have to stop and analyze that and think like, you know what, what is that person going through, you know? So, yeah, I'm glad that you pointed that out. All right, guys. Yeah. Good stuff. Good devotional. Good talk. Hopefully you've got something out of this. You got something out of the context of the scripture, what it is that Jesus was talking about. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Yes. Enjoy your coffee, guys. Bye. See you later. <laughs>